so anyway, um, Danny Boyle's followed up train spotting. If you've been living under a rock and you didn't know what train spotting was, it was the Irving Welsh novel turned into an epoch making movie. Uh, kind of like a Reservoir Dogs, but I think more culturally important. Reservoir Dogs kind of kicked off a certain kind of filmmaking. Train spotting in the UK was a reflection of a society that hadn't been reflected in cinema at all. It was a cultural touchstone. It had uh, music that was uh, very resonant and very well used from new music by people like Underworld and uh, Leftfield and Pulp and the whole raft of the artists coming through. So the Lou Reed tracks and uh, the Iggy Pop tracks as well. It was a whole ecosystem and it survived uh, countless viewings. To be honest, the narrative was never that strong. It was the characterizations. It made stars out of people. And uh, a lot of those people, to varying degrees, are still with us. And Irving Welsh followed up that novel, which was actually quite episodic and different to the movie, um, which was sort of it told in parts relating to each character rather than a linear narrative. Uh, he followed that up with the novel Porno, which I read and I actually liked. I thought it was a good story and it focused more on Sick Boy. And that's the basis for the new film, T2 Trainspotting. He's obviously got the same people back, Danny Boyle directing, Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremner, Johnny Lee Mirror and Robert Carlyle, who are the same Scottish reprobates as they were before, and Kelly MacDonald very, very, very briefly. Um, those people have had very interesting careers since Ewan McGregor's obviously one of the most famous actors in the world. Johnny Lee Miller's gone up and down. He had a, a brief flowering of a film career, and he's come back really strong on TV with um, Elementary, uh, where he's done very, very well in America. Johnny Lee Miller's the one that did Hardest. He played Spud, and he sort of was typecast. Uh, he was a very good actor, but he got very typecast by that very sort of memorable role and he never got offered a lot i think ewan mcgregor must have got him into black court downs but he hardly appears in anything and robert carlisle has been back and forth he did the full monty he's done quite a few different things so he, it's been an interesting uh, and kelly mcdonald had a couple of really unsuccessful movies but since then she's done extremely well on american television she's appeared in films like no country for old men she's actually really prominent probably at the sort of peak of her career she doesn't appear much in this one like i said the first was uh, an event movie in the uk more than any i can remember um i remember i remember going to watch it on a friday night i remember going out the next day to buy born slippy <laughs> i do and, and and it hadn't caught on yet it actually was a b-side to an underworld ep that had actually been tossed out months earlier and i got the last copy and then they removed it from sale and then re-released it as the A-side. It was bizarre. So anyway, he's taken the template of... I think Danny Boyle as well, he deserves a mention. He's, he's one of the most up-and-down directors I think I can, can think of. There are films he's made I've hated and detested. The Beach, um, the one that followed Trainspotting as well. I can't remember what it was called, but I couldn't stand it. And then he comes up with um, other stuff like Slumdog Millionaire out of nowhere, which was just world-stopping and made like half a billion dollars or worked for a, a film that was supposed to go to DVD and won multiple Oscars for that. And since then, he's gone up and down, up and down. He's capable of terrible movies, like really bad, and he's actually capable of good ones. Now, this one follows the template of porno, which um, basically 
if you remember the end of Train Spotting, Renton, played by Ewan McGregor, had done a dirty on all of his mates and fled to Amsterdam with all of their money, their sixteen thousand dollars. He'd left four grand for his friend Spud and um, Robert Carlyle's Begbie, one of the most fearsome and terrifying characters in movie history, um, was uh, being dragged away by the police. Johnny Lee Miller fled. And Ewan McGregor returns to Edinburgh, I think for a funeral. And basically he ends up approaching his old friends and to varying degrees, Spud's okay. Spud's trying to kill himself at the time. He spent the last 20 years as a junkie and he's actually involving, involved in trying to kill himself when Ewan McGregor stops him. He's, they're okay. Johnny Lee Miller beats a living hell out of Ewan McGregor. Um, and obviously Begbie is, is getting released from prison. He's the uh, sort of lingering menace in the background. Kelly McDonald only shows up for 30 seconds as a lawyer uh, for no reason other than to put her in the movie, which is a real shame. And, the, and they basically follow the idea that Johnny Lee Miller is going to open a pub, have Ewan McGregor help him, and then get Ewan McGregor screwed over just as badly as he was. And that sort of progresses to the point where you think they're actually going to partner up genuinely rather than just do the dirty on each other. And in that mix is Begbie, who gets out of jail by going on the run ludicrously, and um, he sort of filters closer and closer to meeting up again with Renton, McGregor's character. The other person that's in this is um, a, a Angela Nedjelkova, who I think is a Bulgarian actress, a very newcomer, and she's lovely, but she occupies the female role that Kelly MacDonald would occupy, and I don't understand why it wasn't Kelly MacDonald. Uh, it just seems a new character for no reason when she's she looks really close to Kelly MacDonald as well. <coughs> and she's basically Johnny Lee Miller's fake girlfriend. She works in a brothel, and she becomes romantically involved with Renton, who's obviously as much of a scumbag as he was back then. Now, there's not much story. See, the main problem I have with this film is every time it makes a narrative choice, and this obviously Danny Boyle's made these choices, he chooses a weaker direction than the book. I thought the book porno had a much stronger storyline all the way through. And every time he deviates from what happens in the book, it's weaker. And it doesn't make as much sense and those are the areas where it's like Kelly McDonald's got a pretty big part in the book porno, but not in the film. And Begbie's character in the movie, he's lost his menace. He's kind of cartoony and the whole storyline is a little bit silly, whereas in the book, he's really, really terrifying. Um, and he sort of hangs in the background to the bitter end. But in this one, it's, it's kind of like, why bother? He doesn't, he's not scary like he was. But there are lots of pluses with this film. The narrative is pretty bad. But on a humanistic level, I thought it really worked well. Um, it's in the little moments and the relationships and the acting between the characters where it really shines. And there's a lot, like Johnny Lee Miller was the unspoken hero of the first train spotting. His character was in many ways much more interesting than Renton. He was a bit of a cipher. He was a bit of a, like, where the viewer views what's going on through. I thought he was a bland character in many ways. Um, but seeing the collision between McGregor and Lee Miller, who really go for it, and so does Spud, he goes for it as well. Uh, they, they act their hearts out. Uh, a lot of it doesn't always work. Some of it's a bit cringy. But a lot of the times it does hit on a humanistic level. And Boyle uses a lot of nostalgia in this. 
in clever ways. For instance, um, he, he makes Spud into a bit of a poet who recounts a lot of the elements that happened in the original train spotting and shines lights on them. And we even get the um, famous scene that was left out of the original, which is when Begbie and Renton are in a disused train station in Leith and they meet his, uh, Begbie's alcoholic father, who's a homeless guy, who says, what are you doing out here? Train spotting, hence the title of the movie. And you get lots of sort of allusions and, and, and feelings from the previous movie reflected through the new one. And I liked all of that. I thought there were some really striking moments. Even when Renton does a bit of a cheesy choose life speech, it's really impassioned, like he really means it. Uh, and he does a whole new raft of different things to choose. And there's lots of commentary. If you watch the original film, it's an essential watch. You may not like it or think it's that great. Um, it's a lot flatter than the original. It's not as spiky or dynamic it's not as subversive, but as I said, on a humanistic level, I actually was quite kind of moved by it. I thought it was a good film, not a great film by any means, and Danny Boyle needs someone to oversee the choices he makes as far as the screenplay goes, because it could have been a lot better. Like in the, in the book, uh, <coughs> Johnny Lee Miller's setting up a, a porno movie empire in Edinburgh, whereas this time around, he kind of almost gets there, but... A lot of the things that happen are sort of perfunctory and, and sort of additional to the human relationship between the characters. You don't really care about those elements of the story. But it's fun. It's a trip down memory lane as well. Uh, the, the main leads are all really good. But again, Robert Carlyle's a bit wasted by what they make his character get up to. It's a bit silly. So Transporting 2, T2, I'm going to give with a little bit of a bump for the elements that sort of trigger past memories seven and a half out of ten it's probably a six and a half as a movie if it hadn't had a prequel but all the elements in it i thought it was a very interesting take seven and a half out of ten for t2 train spotting and this will have swearing in it from the 18th i think album <laughs>